0: good morning to you all. Um, This should be pretty fun because I'm heavily medicated and I'm not feeling well. So (laughs) Um, the joys of having a daughter that can share with you. Um, So I'm uh, just, uh, I really wanted to be here for this, launching this new series. And I just Hopefully, drugs do their thing while you got me here for about 30 minutes. So, um, we are starting a new series on this idea of the bucket list. Now, I, I will tell you right up front: there are probably a lot of buckets I could have chosen, but I figured for most of us, there's about four that are pretty valuable, and these are the ones if they're done well, can really be valuable. But if they're not done well, they you know, something else gets our time. And so this week, each week over the next four weeks, we're going to look at spiritual, time, physical, and relationships. But today, I'm going to bring this babe, this big, big, big boy down. And we're going to talk about this as we kind of get going in this new year, this idea of filling our spiritual bucket. I don't know about you, but putting... Putting time into the right things is really important, okay? And there are lots of buckets on either side. Some of them you might be able to read. Some of them you may not be able to read. But these buckets on the sides take from this time, physical, and relationships. Am I right? Let me throw out a few here. Sports. Can that take time away from a spiritual journey? Absolutely. And I know this because I was a youth pastor and I when I had kids, I I, this this was the typical thing that I experienced with kids who are in multi sport traveling team, middle school, high school, year round sports kid. I don't feel that close to God right now. And then then they would throw me the ultimate curveball, and I really don't feel connected to the church. Well, you haven't been here in a year. Do the math. And I said, if you are doing all those things, you're not going to have time. Uh, This one's funny because social media and internet, uh, because social media is separate from internet because can't you just spend lots of hours on the internet just kind of trolling, looking at news and shopping and Pinterest? How many of you got Pinterest? Own it. How many of you men have Pinterest? All right, there's a few. That hand flew up so quick, so I'm so proud of you. I have a Pinterest because my wife told me I had to have Pinterest. But uh, it's funny because social media and internet and all that kind of stuff, man, man, it can zap time. It can zap physical relationships. But what we're talking about today is it can take from what we were intended to be putting our time into. Over here, I'm not just, I'm just grabbing a few out. Uh, School, um, you know, knowing what middle schoolers and high schoolers and college kids are going through. There's nothing more enjoyable than deciding to go back to school when you're old like me. That's really a lot of fun. There's a reason why you do it when you're young. Uh, Work. Can work hijack our spiritual? Absolutely it can. Some of you are working crazy hours right now because of wherever you are, especially in the aviation area. You could be working six days a week or seven days a week, 12 to 14 hour days. Let me just tell you, it's hard to fill this back up, isn't it? it is um there are other things netflix some of you how many of you binge watch just man you got all your shows you just and just hit play how many of you all right own it okay good um hobbies hobbies it, it, now let me just preface all this none of these are necessarily bad are they in moderation they're actually okay it's not a big deal um but we've got we've got hobbies uh we've got Netflix. Um, Unhealthy relationships. We're going to talk more about that in a few weeks because relationships are valuable, but when they're unhealthy, man, they can can drain you. And so we've been looking at, we're going to look at today, the idea that we need to fill this bucket, that if there are big buckets in our life, because here's what I know happens, and I know this because I'm guilty of it as anybody, is the spiritual bucket should be the biggest bucket or one of the big buckets of our lives, But what happens is, is that this one, this one becomes the big bucket. Let's see if I can do this without. Can that happen? Absolutely it can. Social media uh, are... All of our social media, internet stuff, all of a sudden that is consumed. And so somebody says, Well, Danny, I just don't have time. Yeah, you do. You'll make time for anything that's really valuable to you. You just will. I will. If it's valuable to me, I will find time for it. And one of the things that's really become over, the older I've gotten, is that my relationship with Christ, my spiritual journey is really important. Not because I'm your pastor. Not because I'm, I'm a father, not because of my wife, but because of, my, because of what God's called me to. He's called me to this relationship, and it's really important that I'm pursuing that. And he's calling you to say, you got a lot of buckets that demand your time, and I get that. But he's saying that you ought to have a few that really get the bulk of your time, the bulk of your focus, the bulk of, of your energy. And the spiritual bucket should be one of those, if that makes sense. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go to Romans chapter 12. And here's the thing. We're only going to look at three verses. Because in three verses, there is so much information about this idea of a spiritual bucket being full. And what does it look like for us? We don't need to. The outflow of that is what we'll read here in a little bit. But... All these buckets take from this bucket or that bucket or that bucket or that bucket. And these aren't necessarily bad things, but they tend to pull. They tend to drain. They tend to siphon. Because here's the, also, here's the other thing I also know too, is just like that bucket, all these buckets have holes and they leak. That means you've got to keep filling them up. Does that make sense? And your spiritual bucket's the same way. you got to keep filling that bad boy. you got to keep filling it. you got to keep pouring into it. it, it it's, a, it's important that you're spending time with God. You know, think about the spiritual aspect of this in relationship to the most significant relationships you have. Whether it's your wife or your husband or your children or grandchildren or coworkers or friends. If you're not spending time with those people, do they feel the relationship just can get shallow or it can just kind of go away or it's not all that you hoped it would be. And uh, Jesus is calling us to this relationship that we're making sure we're filling this bad boy up, that we're spending time. And it's interesting because it's not only about the quiet time and that thing, it's about how you're actually living your life for God. How are you actually living your life for God? Bob Goff, um, he wrote two books and he's a, um, I'd like to just meet him because uh, he's like the Energizer Bunny but um, he's just pretty engaging and he wrote this, he said we become in our lives what we put in our buckets so if you're you're making sure that this is the important bucket then guess what, you're going to become more like Christ but I promise you if if one of these buckets becomes more important to you, you'll become that you'll that'll be your focus that's what you'll gravitate towards and so we're going to look at this uh, I love romans i I've been uh, walking through Romans on Wednesday nights and you know if you want the rest of chapter twelve come in a few weeks and we'll uh we'll we'll dig it's been fun but I want to kind of get us started because Chapters 1 through 11, Paul, who wrote Romans, said this. He says, The first 11 chapters of Romans reveals God's mercy to sinners, us, and that he sent his Son to die on the cross for our sins. Chapter 12 transitions us to the practical living out of what Christ has done for you and I. Okay? There's a shift. He's For 11 chapters, Paul has been saying, You can't do this on your own. There's no way, as much as you think you can. And then he says, if you have a relationship with Christ, here's how this can look. This is what it should look like, okay? And so let's look at what he said. Let's look at what Paul said about making sure that this bucket is staying adequately full, that we're actually filling it. He says, "I said this in verse 1. He says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, and the therefore is reverting back to what he has spent the last 11 chapters talking about. That you can't save yourself. You can't earn it. You can't follow enough rules. uh, You can't do it on your own. And there is... That's it. And so he is saying, look, I've got a plan here, but you've got to hear what Jesus wants to do for you. What Jesus has done for you and is... Are you going to take this? And so... He makes the shift to the practical. Now he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. That you are to present, and if you're taking notes, you might want to take some notes on this one because there, there's some fill-ins that will that I'm taking some of those words and giving you the, the, the context of those because it helps you understand what Paul was trying to do there. The first one is present means once and for all basically, Paul says, once and for all, present yourself as a living sacrifice to God. Once and for all, stop trying to do all these other things. And Once and for all, present yourself as a living sacrifice to God. Once and for all, stop trying to do the earn your ways faith, trying to be a rule follower. Once and for all, just live for God. Once and for all, keep filling that bad boy up. So let's keep, let's keep walking through this. I appeal to you, brothers, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This is a great thing because he says a living sacrifice. Up until Jesus, everything had to die. And then when Jesus did his thing, there wasn't. we didn't have to go do this. You all should be thankful we don't have to do that system anymore let me just tell you, we'd have, to have a, we'd have to have a farm out here and you'd have to get your animals and we'd have to have that thing and, and it would not be any fun. I mean, it, it, would, be, it would not be... I mean, you have to be thankful just from Jesus doing that for us. Just that, but he's calling us to be a living sacrifice that we are to live out our lives in such a way that people go, they follow Jesus. And the only way that that happens is that you're making sure that this is a priority in your life and not an afterthought. Because if it's not a priority, then I know this about me and any of the rest of you. Any of these other buckets become this bucket. They become the most important thing in your life. And you would not, you wouldn't want somebody to come up and say, well, you're just obsessed about Netflix or you're just obsessed about your social media. You're just obsessed about sports. No, "No, I'm just a fan or I'm, you know. But we, like Bob said, we become whatever we've spent, put all of our energy into our buckets. And so a living sacrifice, if you want to get some some specifics about that, look, if you're writing, taking notes, it says this. Living sacrifice to be fully at God's disposal. I love that. Fully at God's disposal. That means when God says to be a living sacrifice, that, you, that means you think about the word sacrifice. What are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to give up? What are you prepared to honor God with? And he says, what are you prepared to do? Be a living sacrifice so people can see. To be fully at God's disposal, and the, the second part is this, requires intentional daily acts of the will. To keep this bucket full is hard work, isn't it? It's not easy. It takes discipline. It takes work. It takes it takes an intentionality. It takes I got to work at this. I can't just I can't just hope it happens. In your marriage, in your relationships, you can't hope that something will that a relationship that's fractured will get better. No, well, we'll figure it out. No. No, you got to actually do something in that relationship. Same thing with your spiritual bucket—you actually have to do something. You have a part in this. God has a part, and you have a part, and He wants you to want Him. Okay. Here's the funny thing about this: all the way back, all the way back to Genesis, God has given us this ability of free will that we can desire to have this meaningful, deep relationship with Him, or we can just have kind of a passing glance. And those people who hungered for God, and it's funny because the, the people in the Bible, a lot of them didn't get it right, but they consistently pursued God, and they wanted this bucket to be significant in their life. And so Paul is saying, living sacrifice, present, present, and then make sure that it's acceptable to God. So let's keep walking here. And the, the idea of holy, and see, holy kind of scares us off, and it shouldn't well, I'm not holy. Actually, if you're a follower of Christ, you are called to be holiness. You are to be holy because, he said, you are to be holy because I am holy. And if we're in a relationship with him, and I think we like to think, well, that's, that's for certain people. No, holiness describes the type of life God wants us to pursue, one that honors and reflects him. He wants you, see, I know this, that the fuller this is, the more likely it is that you're going to honor him with your life. The emptier that this is, it's less likely that you will honor him with your life. You just won't, because if there's nothing in here, why should I? Why, I mean, I don't. If, if I'm not honoring God, if I'm not, if my this bucket's not full, if I'm not pouring into it, then, man, you're not going to reflect him. You're not going to honor him. You are not going to do the things he wants you to do, you're not going to surrender yourself. You're not going to be a living sacrifice. And it's so much, it's not only the quiet times and the praying, it's the living out. It's how do you handle a conversation with somebody? Do you treat them with grace and respect? The cashier that looks like they're really having a bad day, do you hammer them or do you give them some grace? I was watching the news yesterday And I was thinking about being a living sacrifice and a a car hit another car and then tried to flee. And so the guy in the other car, and it's on the news, you can see it on YouTube too, he jumps on the hood of the car who's trying to flee. And they're going down the interstate at 70 miles an hour and he's sitting on the hood. And it gets better. He pulls out his phone and calls 911 while the car, he's sitting on the roof of a guy's car going 70 miles an hour down an interstate in Massachusetts. And all of us would say, okay, well, that's an, he's an idiot. And the guy and the driver, they both got arrested for both of them because they were, both were stupid. But it's amazing, though, that we have opportunities to live for God. And we think that's either somebody else's job or... I don't want to think about doing this. I don't want to treat this person the way they they, they deserve this instead of that. And see, when this bucket stays full, we're going to treat people more in honoring God because of what God has done, how merciful God has been to us. We're going to do that for somebody else. And so when you think about the holy part is that it's one that we honor and reflect him and then the worship is any act done for God because you have experienced his mercy. His mercy. See, holiness and worship, this idea that our, our bodies are worship. we're worshiping God every single day. It's not just, just because we get done here in a little bit doesn't mean that you stop worshiping. Am I Right. But somehow we have painted, and maybe the church, maybe I, I'll take partial blame for this, we have said that the only time that worship takes place is this time. Is that true? No. It is your life. That's why the living sacrifice thing is so crucial, is that you live out your faith amongst the people. It's so much more than having a quiet time. It's so much more than filling out a reading plan. It's so much more than having prayer. Those are all really valuable and good but all of that works when you live out what you're digging into. Does that make sense? Because if God tells you to be a living sacrifice, and you're like, Ah, no, I'm not doing that today. I don't feel like that today. I don't know if I want to. I, I love this living sacrifice thing. That the 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 the, um, the author of this is unknown, but I think it was really funny. It says the main problem with a living sacrifice that keeps crawling off the altar. You know, we, we want to be a living sacrifice to a point, but a living sacrifice takes hard work. It takes intentionality. It takes making sure that this bucket stays full because the natural part of us doesn't want to do that. The natural side of us wants to get off the altar and let somebody else have that spot. The, that part is, I don't know if I want to be a living sacrifice. I, I've sacrificed enough, Danny. Uh, You might want to have that conversation with God, by the way. But so Paul is saying, let's back up there, let me read it to you again. He said, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That your life reflects Him. Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, not just certain times of the year, but your life, as soon as you leave here, that you're how you drive your car is an act of worship am i right how you tip the waiter or waitress is an act of worship and you think because let me just tell you it goes to how you treat people it's simple how you talk to your children your spouse coworkers take your pick And so this living sacrifice thing works. And and this is so, you go, yeah, Danny, I agree with you. Now, here's what happens. Here's what I know. He says, the danger for many of us Christians is that we are seeking how much of the world we can have and still maintain some identity in Christ. Am I right? We got a lot of people saying, how spiritual can I be, Danny, and still do all this other stuff that I want to do? Danny, how spiritual can I be and pursue some other avenues. Because I know that some of these things, again, aren't bad, but I also know that some of those can hijack marriages, your parenting, your relationship with somebody you love, but most importantly, your relationship to a holy God who desires to commune with you on a regular basis. But if you're if you're not if you don't think that this bucket's very valuable and some of these others are that's what you'll give your time and energy to. You will. And I think too many too many Christians are saying, "God, Danny, how close can I be to the to the world and still have Jesus?" You're asking the wrong question. You should be asking, "How can I look more like Jesus and less like the world?" You got to ask that question because that's the one that asks you to step to step up to make sure that you're spending time filling this bucket Okay, make sure you're spending time because Jesus, (coughs) excuse me, Jesus had a response to this idea that we want to, we want the world to a point, but we also want the Jesus. And look at what Jesus said in Matthew 7. This is a, uh, he said this on the, uh, just, I mean, it's pretty pointed. Look what he says. It says, enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. He says the narrow gate is narrow for a reason. It's not everybody's going to do it because it's hard work. He says, but the wide road, the worldly road, is. It's a lot of people are on it. It looks pretty fun. There's a lot of people doing their thing, and uh, you know, I, if I if I only have to do a little bit of this, I'm good. But he's not done there because look at what it, what Jesus says. He says, he says it's easy and that it leads to destruction. And those who enter it, enter by it, are many and then look at what he says for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few see he does Jesus is saying I I want to have this relationship with you and it's a, it's a renewal. It's a daily thing. It's not just a seasonal thing. It's not just once in a blue moon. And some of you, it is really hard to commune with God right now. You've got health issues. You've got family issues. You've got job stuff. You've got take your pick. And man, those things, those things siphon out of this. And that's why it's so important that you're actually spending time putting something in here. Because I know that when you do this, your time simply gets managed better. Physically, you do better on a lot of levels. We're going to talk about that in a few weeks. And relationships tend to be healthier. And some of these things that we put a lot of time and energy into don't become quite so important. They have what I call, they have, they have a healthy bound You have a healthy boundary around those. You're like, that's important. School's important. But I'm not going to let it be more important than this. I'm not I, you know um, my kid in a sports team is really important but it's not going to be more important than this because what I would tell when I was a youth pastor I would tell parents um, that when you, when you make sports traveling teams and all that kind of stuff more important than God guess where your kids are going to land guess where they're going to land because you're saying that this is more important than this. And it's funny because I love sports, and I, I'm, a, I'm a sports fan, and I love sports. But it has its place. It has its place. And so verse 2, look at, what, look at what he says. He says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind this renewal is a regular thing that you are you are spending time immersing yourself in the word of god because if you don't it waters down it it's not doing what it should i i this year i decided to go back and 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 get into the gym again i hadn't been in a while once once we got my daughter kind of in a routine and and so i go pretty early to do my thing and get home and help beth get her for, ready for school and but I, know, I mean just tell you, lifting weights, if you haven't been lifting in a long time, it's not fun. It is not fun. And I was talking to one of my friends, Susan. We, we see each other kind of, she's coming as I'm going. And we, we had a small talk the other day. But it, something had occurred to me is that you have to start somewhere. Just steps. I don't care what it is. And the spiritual aspect of it is just taking steps. We have so many options now at our disposal to spend time with God, whether it's life groups or apps or reading plans. Uh, there's devotionals, all kinds, shapes, and sizes. But I know that, that when you start taking steps, you'll start to see your foundation strengthen your relationship with God. And until you do, you'll always be on shaky ground. Just, I'm just being truthful. I'm just being truthful because the reality is that if you're not filling this up, you're filling something else up. And then you wonder, I just don't feel connected to God. Well, are you actually spending time in the Word? Are you actually communing with Him? Are you taking what you're learning, and in a given opportunity, are you able to live it out with a co-worker or a neighbor or to sacrifice yourself in the sense of saying... This relationship is more important. I'm going to spend some time here, whatever it may be. And, he, and, and Paul is saying, don't be conformed to the world anymore, man. Stop living like the world is. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That is the testing that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, a lot of people go, what's the will of God? Let me just tell you, God has a lot that's already been said that you don't have to ask Him about, like behavior. There's a lot of verses that tell you how to live, okay? There's a lot of verses that tell you how to live. And I think that the more you spend time with God, you understand the will of God. It becomes more clear. And so this idea of being conformed, pretty simple. More Jesus, less worldly, it's pretty easy. More Jesus, less worldly less worldly. If you think about that, that you are being more like Jesus and less like the world. That's, that we've got enough people living like the world. The, the world needs followers of Christ to actually reflect what they believe and what they know. The transformed part, and this, is, this, is, this isn't a new thing, transformed inward transformation rather than simple outward conformity. See, if you want to know if somebody's really being transformed, is see how they're living their life when no one else is watching. How you're living your life when no one else is watching. See, the outward conformity wants everybody to think I've got it together when Jesus knows we don't necessarily do. The religious leaders of of Paul's day were trying to do that on a regular basis. Look at all the rules we follow. You don't follow as many rules as we do, and we follow them better than you do. And Paul is saying transformation is always about the inward and it outflows. And everybody goes, that person is a follower of Christ by the way they live their life. The renewal, this idea, this renewal, we change the way we think, we change the way we live. The more times we spend filling this bucket, it, it changes our mind. It changes the way we live. It's a process. It's a process, and it's always internal. And you can't say, somebody else needs to be hearing this sermon, Danny. No, probably God wants you to hear this. Probably somebody, there might be certainly somebody, but more often than not, God wants you to hear this. So you'll say, this is gonna be a priority for me. I'm gonna make sure that I'm putting ample, time into my relationship with God because it really matters. It's a process. It's a journey. And I'm on that journey with the rest of you. I haven't got it all figured out yet. I'm just like you, taking steps along the way, trying to live my life for God. And then verse 3 says this. He says, For the by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And this is important because the more in your relationship with God, my pastor used to say this to me all the time. He used to say, You're never as bad as somebody says you are, and you're never as good as you think you are. The reality is you're somewhere right in the middle. And it's true, it's really true. And if you're taking notes, we are to think healthy about our true selves, not too high, not too low. Because you can, you can beat yourself up, Well, Daniel, I haven't. I haven't even cracked the Bible open this year. I can't tell you the last time I prayed. I have blown it with my, my spouse. I've blown it with my children, my coworkers, I'd be embarrassed if they knew I attended this church. Start taking steps. Just take steps. I started going to the gym. Back at the first of this month, and I started taking steps. And you know what? I've added some weight to where I started. Not a lot, but a little. But it takes steps. And you know what I'm also doing is I'm not settling for, okay, I can do this much now. When you're, when you're benching 500 pounds, you, you say you've got to start somewhere. So <laughs> Just making sure you're listening. There's, you're thinking there's no way that little small frame of his can do that. You're right. My eyeballs would pop out of my sockets and that would be an experience unto its own. But my point is that I started and I just like, I already feel better. I, I just, I, it was just a step I needed to take. I just, I knew I needed to. I, you know, the reason I did this is because I know that as my little girl gets bigger, I gotta be stronger. Man, it's hard to pick that thing up. She's like, pick me up, dad. I'm like, ah, oh, man, sweetie, you're, you know, you're not too, and so I was like, I better go to the gym. No, I'm kidding. But I, the point is it take steps. Take steps in your spiritual bucket. It's not rocket science. It's not some crazy mathematical equation. Love Jesus. Let Jesus love on you. Connect with Him. Be intentional. Allow God to work in your life and do everything you can to make sure this bucket. And if you got a bucket, one of these buckets here that's taking too much of that time, you need to change the label, folks. You need to take that label off. If this label... If this label is taking too much of that time, you need to change the label. Some of you, I didn't even put this up there because, but it's true. Some of you, you might put on here ambition. You're highly motivated, man. You're just all about it. And, and ambition is not a bad thing. I'm going to tell you that. But ambition can blind you to the spiritual things that God has for you too, can't it? How about this? Unhealthy relationships. Unhealthy relationships. Unhealthy relationships can suck the life out of, a, out of a person who's desiring to have. And you get into, you get into relationships. You know what I love? When I was a youth pastor, I, I would always crack up that students would seek out peers about relationships that and they, they never dated. You know, a kid would go to another kid and go, hey, tell me about relationships. And I would go, the kid you went and asked, have they ever dated? No. You're not going to get great counsel from somebody who's never done that. But let me just tell you, there's a lot of you in this room that can give wisdom about how to take a spiritual step. You've had people do that for you. You've done it yourself. And there's something about having having modeled before you people who are walking with Jesus. Just take steps. But make sure that you're putting some time into this bad boy. Okay? This idea of measure, I love this to humbly understand the impact of Jesus on our lives and taking seriously how God has gifted us to honor him. Every one of you in this room, God has wired you. This idea of measure is that you are to use what God has given you to do something for the kingdom. And you're only gonna do that when you're keeping this bad boy full. You are more inclined to be a living sacrifice, living your life out in an act of worship when you're filling this thing up. And it takes work and it's not easy. It takes hard work. Now, here's why, here's why three verses matter. Three verses matter. Look what happens in verse 4. I'm just going to read it. I want you just to listen. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one, another, uh, members one of another. Having gifts that defer according to the, the, the grace given to us, let us then, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if in service, in serving, the one who teaches in teaching, the one who exhorts in exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let me just help you out. You don't do any of those things unless you're walking with Jesus. You're not going to do it. You're not going to use the way God's wired you for the kingdom of God, for the things he's wired you for, if you're not walking with him. If you are not filling this baby up, you will not do those things. Because look at what it says. I'm not even done there. Verse 9 says, let love be genuine. See, love is genuine when our bucket's full because of what Christ has done for us. Let me finish out. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be consistent in prayer. You will not do any of those things if this bucket's empty. Am I right? You know it's true, because I'm following the same God that you are, and when when I let this thing get depleted... My everything else suffers. You know what my natural inclination is when this bucket's empty? It's all about me. It's all about me. It becomes about me. Well, well that's just not fair. God, you're doing so many nice things for them, and you know you just take your pick. So, verse 12: Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be consistent in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Man, let me just tell you, we don't like to. Man, we live in a we're, we're in a civility in our country right now. It's kind of, you know, man. Depending on what side you're on, on all kinds of things, man, you can just get just flat out hostile. And yet here we have an opportunity to speak truth in grace, in love, and do it in a way that says, "You may not agree with me, but I can say it in a way." Just saying. And I'm I'm, I'm I'm I fight that temptation. I see somebody post something. I'm like, ah, oh, man, you, you, you can't. You know, uh, I think a friend of mine said this today. You can't solve anything on social media. Does me help you with that? It may make you feel better to 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 fire back on something. I was I was watching a a, a thing on Twitter a few months ago, and it was really you know what was really tragic about it. It was all pastors. And one guy had quoted a quote that was, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't the best quote ever. But the pastors underneath it, it, it was like piranha circling. It was so unhealthy. And I, I just, I, I, I watched the feed for about, up to about 200. And I was like, man, guys, you're not solving a thing. And all, all it's doing is making your blood pressure just skyrocket. And finally, this lady got on, and she just kind of hit the... She goes, all y'all mostly are clergy pastors. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves. And I wanted to jump in on it, but I was realizing that I wasn't going to solve a thing. I was going to solve nothing. Let's finish this out. from verse 4 to verse 21, unless your relationship with God is being, this thing is getting some love and attention. Does that make sense? You won't do any of those things. You have no interest in those things because that's why verses 1, 2, and 3 are so important At verse 12. If we're filling this bad boy up, there's a lot of possibilities. And I'll close with what Bob Goff said. He says, people will figure out what we really believe by seeing what we actually do. You can tell them that you love Jesus. You can tell them you go to church. You can tell them how long you've been a Christian. You can tell them how much theology you know. You know what's really going to matter? Is do you live it out? Do you live it out? Do you actually do what what you profess? And the only way you do that is by making sure that this bucket is getting a lot of attention in your life. Okay? If you don't know how to do that, there are lots of mature men and women in this church that will help you take a step there are don't be afraid to ask one of the things I do when I go to the gym is I watch guys that are lifting weights and I go okay I've never done it that way before I'm going to do that because it looks like a good way to try something different And man, just talk to people that, about their spiritual faith how do you doing this how do you, how do you maintain this I've known you for a long time you're still walking with Jesus and you've been doing this for a long time how do you do it ask make sure this is getting some attention folks because if it isn't, that means that one of these others is. Does that make sense? It is. And if you don't think it is, just think about what you're doing with your time in relation to some of these other things. Let us help you. Let me just tell you this. God can't transform you until you know him. Okay? He can't transform you unless you know him. If you want to talk to one of my pastors, about how to know Him, because you can't do that. Maybe you want to treat this as an, uh, an altar, just to pray. I'm going to have Brad up here today because uh, I'm just not feeling great, and I don't want to. I don't want to share my cooties with you. You, you will thank me. Uh, but I am firmly convinced that when you fill this baby up, the church is better, and the kingdom of God is honored. Let's pray. Father, I keep being reminded that my spiritual bucket is crucial to my marriage, to my parenting, to pastoring this church, but more than anything else, to reflecting you. And when I choose to let something else become that big bucket in my life, that it takes my time, and, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It steals from the relationship that you so earnestly want with us. And I pray for the next few moments. There may be some in this room... They can't have this transformation until they have a relationship with you. That starts by surrendering themselves to you. I pray that they would have courage to talk to one of our pastors. There may be some in this room, God, that their bucket's empty, it's depleted, and they just need to start taking steps. They need to swallow their pride and start journeying with you again because you're, you're waiting with open arms. Father, for the next few moments, help us to do business with you as you call us. It's in your name that I pray, amen. How deep the Father's love